So welcome to the Sazcast. All we talk is money. We do talk money, although sometimes we don't know if we're live or not. That's the you're experiencing <laughs> what it's like doing yeah live shows. Yeah, you don't is, know when you're live. This is the, we just found out we're live. We've been live for about five minutes. I've been look staring out into the wilderness, not knowing what's going on. Listen, it's happened to thank BBD. you, David. It's happening. It's happened to all of us, David. Thank you for dressing up today. You look fantastic. Thank what you. kind of I, outfit uh, you got going? I got on? the Chelsea Nike polo available Wonderful. in men's sizes wow. S through uh, extra large. I I I. I Propositioned you the other day to play a character on the Saws cast. Yeah. Davy Dollars. I, I want you dressing up in suit. It's like when Charlie Kelly on uh, Always Sunny dressed up with the warthog and became Charles, Charles Kelly. Kelly. There's like a refined. Except Charles Genesis Kelly. Qua. But yes. you want me to meet Davy Dollars? I don't know. You pick your name. I but sound like a car. I'd a like to know. Salesman. I'd like to know if the people out there want to know A, more about David. The guy's an absolute legend, young legend. B, if they want him to have a little bit more influence here, or you prefer to just kind of be, you know, this young millennial Gen Z guy just learning on the go, which you are. That's but exactly who I am. Exactly. But eventually you're going to have to graduate. Eventually. Not JV. Eventually. All right, but we'll I'm get making there. my way there. This is my 11th class. Making my way downtown. I told you, 100 episodes in, you're going to be a billionaire. Episodes. Anyway, let's get right into this thing. I appreciate you guys all being here. Welcome to the Sazcast, episode 11. 11. 11. Baby. Episode 11. As you know, we do one thing here. All we talk is money. All we talk is money. That's what we talk about. I mean, we'll talk some, we'll talk relationships from time to time. We'll from talk time pop time. culture. We'll talk sports, but everything centers around the money. money. Where's the money, as Marcella? What they do with the money? Show me the money, as Marcella. We gotta get them back on. Anyway, uh, I'm your host, Adam Sosnick. If you did not know, you can call me Saz. You're my friend. You can call me Saz. Welcome to the Saz Cast. All we talk is money. I'm here to help you, you, build your wealth and save that money. That's what we do around here. That's what we do. So you know, as I say often, what do I say about most people, David? Most people are broke. Most people. <laughs> They are. It's true. It is. Unfortunately, I'm not saying that most people don't make money. Most people do make money, but most people are broke because they don't know what to do once they get the money. It's kind of like the Seinfeld episode. You can, you can take the reservation, <laughs> but can you hold, hold the reservation? reservation? You can make the money, but can you keep the money? I don't Anyone know. Anyone can just take Anyone can just make money, <laughs> but can you keep it? Thank you, Jerry Seinfeld, for that. Anyone. Anyone can just, just take, take the reservation. We just make the money, but no. Can you keep the money? That's the yeah. question. Can you exactly. hold the money? Can, can you, you conserve the, the money? Can you secure the bag and hold on to the bag? Anyway, th most people are most people. That's what I say all the time. Most people are broke, but not you guys. Let's give a quick shout out to see who's listening today because we, we'd be nothing without our audience or our valuetainment audience. Who do we got? You want to give some shout outs or yeah, I got to do this? Some, uh, go ahead. Go, who, who do we got here? No, you go. I know my guy Louis Alpha's in the building. Exactly. That guy's that's, always that's here. Exactly Who else? I see Lee in the house. Nine Inch Colas. I like that guy. Nick Kolb's in the house. Young John's going to be in here somewhere. Young John, crazy white boy. Who else is usually here? Uh, Yardwork Lawn Care Services. Great. Oh, Jorge awesome. Cervantes. Nick Kolb. Who else? Caroline Golick. Nancy Trant. Lee. All right. <laughs> anyway, Mark Brown in the house. What's up, Sauce? Uh, great to have everybody here. I appreciate you guys here. Uh, learning, getting better with your money. Uh, and that's what we're doing here. We're here for you guys. David, are you ready to talk money? Dude, I've been ready. I, I, me too. From the first uh, From fake, Jump Street. Yeah, from the first when we fake were, live. When we thought we were live, but we're not. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's get into it. Let's talk money. Uh, David, it. let me ask you a question. Ask me something. Who do you think controls the American economy right now? Like, who is at the forefront, front and center American economy? What comes to mind? Oh, God. Bitcoin. 
that that's who you think it is? I don't know. Elon Musk. I, I'm not necessarily saying a person. Who? Or, what? What? A generation. It? What type of people? Who is it? Oh, wow. Mm, I'm yeah. going to say millennials. Millennials. Well, you know what? You would be correct. Holy hell. That is right. By uh, the way, yeah, I don't know any of the stories. That's fine. So I'm learning with the audience. Uh, that's great. Let's do this. Kind of the whole point. Exactly. Anyway, so according to Business Insider, you know who's controlling America right now? Millennial. The millennial and the Gen Z. Oh, boy. Okay, and we'll explain why. The boomers are done. They're retiring. Gen X, they're, about, they're in their 50s. Boomers are 65 plus. Millennials are 30s. Give or take, and then you got a Gen Z, basically coming of age, high school, college age. So here's an article from when I saw this. I'm like, this, this is our lead story. Let, let, I mean, we got to get rid of this. So this is Business Insider. It says the 40 year old millennial and the 24 year old Gen Z are Gen Z are in charge of America right now at this current moment. So that's millennials, you, bro. That's, that's me. Old millennial. Well, I'm the oldest millennial on the planet. Yes, that's what I say. Yep. 40 years old. There it is. You're controlling the economy. There they are. Yeah. Let's get this (laughs) thing going. Um, So millennials are the largest generation in U.S. history. They represent the biggest percentage of the U.S. workforce, meaning there's more millennials working today than any other generation. And they hold the most purchasing power. Like I like to joke, I'm the oldest millennial, 40 years old right now. Okay. So some examples of older millennials. When, When I think of older millennials, who comes to mind, David? Think of uh, the oldest millennial, Adam other Sosnick, than myself. Gerard Michaels, Paul Escarcega. <laughs> You'd be right. <laughs> Famous people. Oh. Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, 40. LeBron James, 36. These are the oldest Gee, millennials. Dwayne Wade. Uh, D. Wade, exactly. He's probably 38. Yeah. Uh, Zuck, Facebook, Mark Zuck. Zuckerberg. He's probably 38, 39 years old, I, I, I would guess. Uh, and then you get the younger millennials, right? Taylor Swift. Mm. The Biebs. Yep. Right? Uh, these are people who I would call... The younger millennials. All right. Then you got Gen Z. Do you, I mean, you're 25? Yeah. So would you consider yourself a young millennial or an millennial. oldest Gen Z? I was born in 95, so I'm the youngest millennial. All right. Well, technically, the oldest Gen Z is currently 24 years old. So that's 1997. <sighs> well, you were born when? 96? 95. 95. All right. Well, you're, you're old, bro. 95. All right. So the Gen Zers, and this is why they are the ones controlling the U.S. economy. We talked about the... Uh, the Millennials, uh, largest percentage of the workforce, most purchasing power. They got the money. Yeah. Um, Gen Z doesn't necessarily have the money yet. They're just entering the workforce. They're, in, they're just graduating college. They're in college, what have you. But you know what they got? They sway consumer behavior. They got the swag. They got the style. They are what is known as the tastemakers, a.k.a. the cool kids. When, I think of, when you think of the oldest Gen Zers out there, 21, 22, 24, who do you think of? Uh, celebrities? Celebrities. Um, I don't know. TikTokers. TikTokers. Uh, okay. Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall. That's who I don't know. Got. Is he 21? Yeah, probably. Okay. I don't know. He's Addison up there. Ray. There you go. That's exactly who it is. You got Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. You know, she, she made lips uh, she famous. She made lips. Yep. She made lips. You get your lips done. That's probably lips. Kylie Jenner. Jake Paul, the younger Jake of the Paul. Paul brother. He's 24 years old. He's making boxing cool, right? Or maybe you hate him, depending on. Okay. The Pauls. Um, NBA phenom, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic. Of course. These guys are, you know, dominating. Zion's, we've been watching this guy since he's been in high school, Duke. Norwegian um, legend, Kai Lude. Kai Lude, for sure. If you ever watch PBD podcast, Kai, he's 23 years old. These guys are dominating. And then you got little Nas X. I think oh, he's 22 years old. This right. guy changed the rap game, country, LGBT, gay, bedazzled. He's out there. <laughs> okay. Huge influencer. He is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Change the rag. There's not too many gay rappers out there. Lil Nas X, respect to you. That's true. Um, 
So that's there's a common theme that all these people have in common, by the way. Whether you're millennial, Gen Z, let me get to my point. You know the common theme? What's that? They all need to live somewhere. That yeah. They all got they all gotta have a roof over their head. You got me there. And uh, for most people, a house is the biggest purchase of your life. That leads me to the point of me basically setting the table with millennials and Gen Z, these twenty and thirty somethings out there. They want to buy a house, but a lot of them are struggling. Let's get into the story. So it's called the millennial housing crisis. Student debt is wiping out home ownership dreams. Let's pull that story up, Dave. All right. So crazy stat alert for the people listening at home right now. Um, By the way, before we get into the story, here's what I'd like. If you currently have a mortgage or, or own a home, throw a thumbs up in there. Can we do that? Or throw a house emoji. Yeah, yeah throw a house emoji. Okay, throw a house emoji. If you're currently renting, right, throw a thumbs down in there. Thumbs down? What emoji? <laughs> yeah. what, I mean, <laughs> that sounds like it's bad. It's not a bad thing, but for this segment. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Throw a, throw a thumb. What do you want to uh, throw a thumbs doubt? up if you own a house, thumbs down if you rent. Uh, that's fine. But there's nothing. Just, that's, there's not, I'm yeah, not saying there's anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. That's right. Seinfeld reference. All right. Another one. So, how, manage these emojis. Here we go. Anyway. So millennial housing crisis, student debt is wiping out home ownership dreams for millennials and even Gen Z. So crazy stat alert. 60% of millennials are delaying the purchase of a home because of their student debt. That is no small number. Six in 10 people, three out of five people are basically saying, I can't even, even look to buy a house right now. It's just not in the cards, which not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Okay, so this is a story from the National Association of Realtors. We'll talk on that. Well, Business Insiders, but those stats came from the NAR. Uh, so look, let's look at three issues, three reasons for this issue of why millennials just can't afford houses or not buying houses. So number one, you all, we all recall what happened in 2008, the housing crisis. And the housing, basically, housing market has screwed millennials over left and right. So they suffered the most from the last housing crisis because basically... In 2008, the average millennial was somewhere between 21 and 27, let's say, the older millennials. They were just getting out of college. They were looking to you know, get jobs, you know, maybe rent, buy houses. There was not a time for them to buy a house. That wasn't happening. They entered a dismal job market, basically, which lingered for years, right in the middle of the last recession, 2008, the Great Recession, and that which led to years of stagnant wages. People want to make that money, but they couldn't because jobs were basically not um, there in 2008, 2009, 2010. Right. So then you got the lingering effects of this financial crisis. We got that, which meant it took a handful of years to start making that money, right? To build wealth. They just couldn't do it because it was, it was tough. So, a.k.a. they couldn't save up for a down payment on a house. Aha. 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 This is the problem. This is the problem here. And all, all this going on while they're struggling with student debt. Bingo. There it is. Yeah. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah. Okay. Well done. So the burden of high student debt also sees many Americans making tough financial choices between, get this, priority list. Let's have fun with this at home. Priority list. By the way, a lot of renters. A lot of renters? What do we got? Uh, We got our friend Zachary Bassano saying, I bought a house. Uh, I just got a home in Austin, 25 years old, but I'm renting it out to the homies. Cool. What else? What else we got out there? Jorge Cervantes, thumbs down. He's renting. Michael Lopez bought uh, Alex renting, Loriana uh, renting, Lucas renting, yeah. Lee renting. A lot of people renting. Guys, but- do me a favor. If you're listening right now, there's you know, 50, 60 people live right now. I'm sure we'll get up to 100 during the show, if not more. Throw your age in there. 
21, 25, 30, 40. I want to know how old you guys are. What Renting or, or uh, clearly more people are renting right now. Yeah, I'd like got, to get some uh, ages. Got, uh, throw some ages in bought, there. Bought a house. Okay. <clears throat> As you see some stuff, throw that in there. I'm going to get on with the story and then Go I want to put this out there. So we talked about the student loan debt, right? And it's making, having um, millennials make some tough financial decisions. So the tough financial decisions, they, the, the, as this story from Business Insider lays out for us, yeah. is between buying a home, investing, investing in retirement, getting married, starting a family, or saving up for other purchases. So what I wanted to do was I said, all right, this is, these are our decisions. Everyone's got these same decisions to make. What's the correct order? to do these decisions in? What's the correct order to make these things happen? By the way, you got some ages for me? Throw them out there yeah. for me, David. Let's see. Okay. 24, 21, 27, renting. Tom Wolf, 37. Gerardo Munoz, 29. Devin Higgins, 26. Okay. Um, yeah, 19, 18, 26, yeah. 31. Devin, 26. Devin's 26 15 times. Yeah, Devin, Devin. You're Respect. 20, Devin, are you 26? We got that, Devin. Devin, we're wondering. Okay. So, listen, everyone has these decisions to make. In my opinion, here's the order in which you should be doing these things, right? In my opinion, there's an order to how you should get your financial life in order, and here's the, here's the order, because the, basically Business Insider is like, you should buy a house, you should start a family, you should save for retirement. Number one, start to save that money. Start to save that money. Understand why saving is so important. Number two, then you can start investing, investing in retirement. Then... While you're doing this, make sure you have a career. Because at the point where you're saving or starting to invest, it might just be a job. It might not be a job that you'll be at forever. But eventually, by age 30, I would definitely recommend that you have a career, a profession, a trade, a skill. Not just going from job to job to job to job. I have friends that are in their late 30s who are 40 who are starting over in a new career. And that is freaking tough to do you meaning from 22 to 40 you didn't figure out your niche in this life you didn't have a specialty you didn't have a skill it's tough i'm not saying that that the life's over people are living to 80 90 100 no problem you got 50 years to figure it out yeah but by 40 you need to be known for something drake has a song that just came out uh uh lemon 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 chicken lemon butter something like that <laughs> Lemon something. Lemon pepper. Lemon, lemon pepper freestyle. That's what go. it is. If anyone watches that. And he goes, people are famous for I don't even know what. I have to half the time I got to ask people what their profession is. Okay? Yeah. If people don't know what you do, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. People should understand this is what this guy does. Oh, your friend John, what does he do? Oh, this he's a specialist. He's a lawyer. He does that. Oh, uh, friend Kelly, what does she do? Oh, she's an economist. Oh, okay. Oh, Danielle, she, uh, this is what she does. Uh, Bill, what does he do? Bro, I, don't, I think he's like a DJ, or I don't. I, he might, I think he like works. In do you have friends like that? Uh, of course. What is he doing now? What is he yeah. doing? Yeah. Have a profession. Anyway, once you have that, those boom, 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 you've saved, you've invested, you have a profession, you've got like your personal life in order. I'm not talking about other people. Right. I'm not talking about finding your soulmate. I'm not talking about marriage, kids. Once you get that in order, then you can look to the outside world, right? Then right. you can get married. Then you can start a family. Then, in my opinion, is when you can buy a house. Americans have been fed, buy a house, American dream, buy a house. People are 21, buying houses. It's like, you don't understand there's other things that you should be doing before you lock yourself into a mortgage or a home. There's nothing wrong with uh, having a house, but there's a certain order you should do it. And I'll tell you why. You know, you know who's done a really good job of convincing people that renting is throwing away money? You know who it is? My parents. Your parents. Okay. 100%. Because they've been fed a, a uh, propaganda 
from the um, the Realtor Association, right? We talked about that the um, National Association of Realtors has done an amazing job at convincing people that renting is throwing away money. Yeah, They've done an amazing job at saying, why are you renting? You could own a home. You can own a home. Why are you renting? What are you, crazy? You're just throwing away money. You're pissing away money every month? Ah, they've done a great job at that. But are they right? Are they actually right? No. I don't know. I don't think Look, so. Look, I did an entire episode um, – on uh, value tainment economics called Should You Rent or Buy? There it is. I don't know. Can you even see this? Uh, you can see that you're boom, holding Boom. Yeah. Boom. You can see that I'm holding up paper. And if you Google rent or buy, you're going to have 100 different answers. 100 different answers. Yeah. Buy, of course, it's a great investment. You should be doing it. Home, mortgage, it's the best. Rates are so low. Now's the time. And then you're going to have 100 different other articles that are saying renting is the way to go. Have roommates, save that money. Enjoy flexibility, have mobility, you got to figure out your situation. Rent, uh, buying is a, is a sham. It's a lifestyle choice. It's not an investment, right? Right. So, you know, there's a difference between buying a house with a mortgage and making payments versus an investment property. Okay, there's a big difference with yeah, that. Yeah, that's Grant true. Grant Cardone talks about that. Okay. I'm not a huge Grant Cardone guy, but I do respect the fact that he's in big in commercial real estate, REITs, his, his fund with that. But he rents. He rents. So here's my, here's, here's my point. If you're young, let me just actually even read what I said here. So you should rent if here's when you should rent or if you should buy. It's a little uh, a little um, who do you want to be, right? What kind of lifestyle you want? You should rent if you appreciate mobility, flexibility, and freedom of movement. Being able to come and go as you please and move from place to place as opportunities arise. If you're unsure of your next moves, of your next five moves, PBD shout out right yeah. there. And if you're gonna change your mind, well, I might live in Miami, well, I might actually move to New York, or I don't know, LA's kind of cool, but people are moving to Austin. Don't buy. You don't even know where the hell you're gonna live. Okay, short term. If you're unsure where you're going to be for the next three, five years, short term, just rent. Just rent. Okay. Career changes for sure. If you're going to have a career change, who knows? I might be working here. I might be over there. I might be working at this company. I might. I don't know. Just rent. It's cool. It's all good. If you have roommates, if you're young enough, like 40 years old, I'm not trying to have a roommate right now, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to find a wife at some point. Right. right? Yeah. I've, I've been married briefly, but uh, you know, next phase of my life. Can't bring a you know potential wife. Hey, this is my roommate. Leave uh, <laughs> it over here. Yeah, it's hey. not a good look. Um, but if you're young, 20, 25, even up to thirty, I think thirty is sort of a cutoff right there. I'm not saying there's anything wrong over thirty. You can split the cost of rent, bro. Yeah. What's wrong with that? And 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 from a financial perspective, if you already have high debt, student loans, like we talked about here, credit card, car loans, consumer debt, everything. Now you want to go take out another two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt for a mortgage. Uh, 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 uh. Who should buy, though? So those are the people that should not buy whatsoever, straight up. I'm telling you right now. Uh, you should buy if you're stable, secure, and you're stationary. You ain't going nowhere. I'm here <laughs> stuck, for the long bro. haul. Whether you're stuck or whether you choose to be yeah. uh, stuck is, is a different story. So if you know exactly where you want to be and, and you, you want to take pride in ownership, this is where I live, this is my block, this is my neighborhood, hell yeah, you should buy, yeah. right? Okay. Long term. We talked about short term with renting. Long term. I'm going to be here for at least five, ten years. I know that. I'm locked in. I'm not yeah. going anywhere. Because a lot of times the first few years you're paying off amortization rates. We talked about that. Fees. Uh, everything that starts. Like you, you haven't even tapped into uh, paying off the principal of your mortgage yet. All right. If you've got a family, you're settled down, you've got kids, schools, taxes, stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe you should, uh, should look into buying. That's an option for you, right? Sense of community. You want to be in the neighborhood. And if you don't have a lot of debt already, if you want to save up and especially you want to have a forced saving plans to have in your mortgage, 
Uh, not a bad idea. The point, the point is this. Different strokes for different folks, bro. Not everyone. It's not a cookie-cutter approach. Should you rent or should you buy? Figure it out. Anyway, there's a couple of um, tips for you right there. So what I like about renting, what I've done, what has made me a freaking millionaire, is high flexibility, low overhead. Low overhead, right? So I keep, I, all right, I know that I'm making X amount a year. If, I, if I'm making 100 grand a year, I know that the maximum amount of rent that I should pay in a year is 30%. That's $30,000. So $30,000 divided by 12, I don't know, what's that, 2,500 bucks, something like that. So that's my number. I know that that's what I can spend in rent. All right, so the, the problem that people don't understand is when they buy a mortgage, it's not just the mortgage payment. You've got other factors in there, what I call the big three expenses of a mortgage or of buying. You've got uh, your maintenance. You've got insurance and you've got taxes. Those things are factored in. The point is this. Yeah. I went on a rant there, bro. Where's the button? I went on a rant. What's your point? Yeah, your point. The Realtor Association has done a great job of convincing people that renting is throwing away money. And there you go. What else is uh, basically at fault here? College loans. Like we're talking about buying a house right here. But we're also talking about college loans, student loans. Crazy stat alert. Here we go. Only 23% of student loan debt holders understood the cost of attending college before they took out yeah. loans. Yep. One out, of, one out of four understood what they were getting themselves into. Ridiculous. And 35% of those student loan debt holders did not fully understand their potential for earnings following graduation. ROI on your investment. David, yeah. what's ROI? Uh, return on investment. Yeah, I think yeah, there's no, this. Obviously. Yeah, I think there's this yeah. thing where uh, you're kind of fed this, like, oh, student loans. I mean, everyone has student loans. It's not yeah. really going to affect. Just take it and you pay it, pay the minimum, and then in 10 years, whatever, you say you can't pay it, and you, whatever. You're yeah. Done. But it's still this, like, heavy collection. I, I have student loans. Yeah. Boy, do I have student loans. How much do you owe? <laughs> 50K. 50K. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so anyway, <laughs> let's, not, let's harp on Dave. We'll figure that out. We'll put a plan for that. So anyway, no matter how fun college or the college experience is, it's not worth being in debt for 20 years. That's the average amount of time that it takes yeah. to pay off student loan debt. It's like a, it's like a but loose me, noose around yeah, your neck. Yeah, but I don't regret it, you know? Like, I don't know if it's kind of like this uh, I'm not saying you should survivor. regret it. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, I would have still gone to college. I had a great time in college. I learned yeah. a lot. And I'm That's true. part of I'm here at Valley Damon because of what I learned in college Too and the sure. connections I made in college. Matter well, of fact, the person that brought me here was someone I met in college. Awesome. Awesome. So it's like... Okay, but well, that's that's a reason to go to college because you knew what you wanted to do, you found a career path in your field, True. you made a connection while in college, yeah. and you utilized that to get you a, an interview here. Right. So that was like kind of the point of going to college. The problem is when people go to college, they don't utilize their major, they go into a different field, they make no connections, they don't utilize the connections, they go to college for two years, they drop out. That's a waste of money, in right. my opinion, right? We talked about college experience, right? So, you know, people want to go part like the what's the girl's name whose mom was uh, oh, uh, uh, um, Becky from Full House. Yeah. She's like, I just want to go to college to party. <laughs> I just want to, I just, it's, I'm there for that party. A lot of people do great. that, yeah. A lot of people I get it. I get, get a it. degree in communication. But you don't need to go then... to college to, to go party. Yeah. You go party without college. Or uh, forget about college, taking out $100,000 of student loan debt. That's, 50 grand that's of what it is. It's like, that's how much was that right party? There. Exactly. How much was that damn party? Yeah. Pretty expensive bottle of vodka, fifty grand. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeesh. All right, so because the whole point of going to college, the whole point of a career is to eventually reach financial independence. Yeah. But if you can't get to f being financially independent, or what I call being chilling, what's the point? Right. So anyway, uh, I know we spent a lot of time on this, but this is a major story. M millennials and Gen Z running the country right now. Millennials, largest generation in the workforce, 
And uh, Gen Z, they're the cool kids. They're the cool kids. And I think the bottom line here is that the American dream has changed. The American dream has changed. It used to be you'd work, you'd be one of the lucky few to go to college, or you'd work for the same company for 40 years. You'd retire. They'd give you a gold watch, pension, see you later. You lived to maybe 67. You were collecting uh, Social Security by 65. Maybe you had a two, three year uh, of Social Security. You get by, boom, you die by a, 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 a rocking chair down by the sea. That doesn't happen anymore. That's not the American dream anymore. White picket fence, you know, two and a half kids, dog, front, like the, the things have changed. What the American dream now is, in my opinion, is being able to own your time, being able to do what you want with your time when you want to be doing it. Look at me right now. This is what I actually want to be doing. Yeah, exactly. This is my dream, mother sucker. This look is at, it. Look at everyone. Look, look at, at me. Just look at me. <laughs> King in the castle. King, King in the, in the castle. castle. Here I go. But the American dream is financial freedom, being able to own your time. You know, I rant about saving that money. Save that money. What's a, why do I save that money, right? It's so yeah. I can do what I want with my time, okay? So there's a bigger picture. There's a money mentality or a money or a saver's mentality, a bigger picture or a mindset that you need to understand. Look, am I wearing a watch? No watch. I could buy a Rolex. I could spend 10 grand on a Rolex and not even think about it. But instead of buying that 10 grand Rolex, I bought Bitcoin, Okay. I can afford a house. I really could. I could put 100 grand down in a house. No problem. I like the flexibility. I like being able to move around. I invest in the stock market because I can take that anywhere I go, right? I can afford a Mercedes Benz. How much is a Mercedes Benz these days? How I mean, much 50 grand? That's fine. I could do that. But I'd rather just Uber around and, and not have my car sit there for 95% of the day. These are the lifestyle changes, the choices that I've made to make me a millionaire. Because the bottom line is this I'd rather do things. Then buy things. Yeah. Okay. Little shout out to young John. He got the SpongeBob reference with the look at him. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, but I agree. Yeah. The, and at, at the end of the day, I'd rather be wealthy than look rich. You know who looks rich? The guy with the you see the he's he's, he's got you've seen this picture on Instagram. It's the guy with it oh, pushing yeah. the Mercedes yeah, with yeah, his yeah, Rolex, yeah, 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 holding yeah, yeah. a Starbucks cup. Like, look at me, I'm rich, having the time of my life. Coffee. Yeah. That guy's broke. That guy is more often valet. than not. <laughs> that guy's valet. <laughs> Point is this. I'd rather be wealthy than look rich, okay? I like the flexibility rather than having all the payments. Right. And that's the bottom line. So um, anyway, I hope you guys uh, appreciated that. We went on, we went on a rant there. Um, the good news is this. Let's shift gears here for a second. That being said, we talked about millennials. We talked about Gen Z. We talked about the decisions they make. I feel like because of shows like this, because of podcasts, because of social media, because of TikTok, right? Because of Instagram, because of influencers out there, a lot of young people are definitely becoming more financially informed. Financially informed, we talked about 50% of is being informed. The other 50% is your behavior. What the hell do you do with it? Right. All right? So nowadays, more people are definitely more financially informed and involved, for sure, because finance has definitely moved to social media. I mean, look at what we're doing right here on a freaking YouTube channel talking about finance. This stuff did not exist a generation ago or even 10 years ago. So here's a story here where young people are basically saying this is where they're getting their investing ideas from on social media. David, have you seen these stats yet? No, I haven't. Let me ask you. Yeah, go ahead. According to a new CNBC survey, okay. all right, I'd like mm -hmm. to get maybe some people in the um, in the comment section. Social media, right, there, there uh, is um, is oftentimes a lot of where people get their financial information. They're yeah. investing, but is it number one? Mm. Is it number one these days? Okay, let's ask this question. So, according to a CNBC survey, they asked um, a thousand investors, okay. age eighteen to thirty four. 
Right. Where do you get your financial advice? Where do you get your investment advice? Here are the options. Social media, investing websites, friends and family, or a financial advisor and broker. Let me say that again. Social media, friends and family, investment websites, financial advisor and broker. Would you rank those one through four? What do you think? I would say social media yep. would be number one. Number two would be friends and family. Number three would be investing websites. What was, mm-hmm. number, what was the other one? Financial advisor. That one. That one's definitely last. Okay. David. Yeah. You're two for two today. You're right. Oh, I, no I, way. I, when, Is oh, that yeah, the actual right. ranking? That's the ranking. Oh, well, here no. we go. Here's I where people are getting their investments. So <laughs> according to CNBC, this survey, 18 to 34-year-olds, here's where they're getting their investment advice. 35% of them are getting them from social yeah. media. I've seen a thousand TikToks with <laughs> financial. Uh, yeah, there you go. 25% get them from friends and family. Okay, so that's a quarter. Another quarter, 24%, a little bit less, are getting uh, advice from investment websites. And last on the list is a financial advisor broker. Seven out of 100 people are getting um, investment advice from a financial advisor broker. So now let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of getting your investment advice from social media. Do you trust social media when it comes to investment advice? Dude, it's, I don't know. I Like, when I see something, I'm like, okay, what do you know, buddy, on TikTok, you know? What do you know, buddy? What do you know? Okay. This is just some random kid telling me how to, like, save 30% on something. That's the problem. And then it's like, I don't know if I trust this. Bingo. That's the problem. Thank you for a great, great uh, segue into this. So here's the good, the bad, and the ugly of getting your investment advice on social media. All right, so what's the good? They're young. They're people. They're relatable. They're your age. Yeah. Hey, I know this guy. Like, I went to high school. This guy, I know this guy. He looks pretty cool. They're relatable. I understand them. And most of all, it's free. That, that's, that's the thing. It's like... Wh- why do you know? Why are you? I don't know. Okay. Why do you know this? What are you doing? Well, here's the bad. People have personal agendas. Like if you're a realtor, uh-huh. if you have, if you're a realtor, maybe you you should buy. Yeah. Right. If you're an investment advisor, you should definitely invest with yeah. me. Right. Or are you like sponsored by whatever thing you're, you're like, sponsored. Yeah. What is there this? There could be misinformation. Yeah. And above all, what's the shadiest stuff out there these days? Crypto. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Invest but, with this crypto. Give me money. I can get yeah. in crypto. The crypto. The crypto. So the ugly side is that it's risky. You can definitely end up losing money by putting your money into yeah. certain investment strategies. You might make a quick buck, or you might lose it all, depending on um, where you're getting your thing. So with, it, with, with investments, there's something in investment in the investment world called diversification, right? Diversification. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. We learned what the S&P 500 was the other day. 500 top companies in America right. spread the risk. It's not 10 companies. Right? It's not the Dow that has 30 companies. 500 freaking companies. Right. Some might go up. Some might go down. Some are left. Some are right. But overall, you're going to win. 500 of them. That's why people say invest in the S&P 500. Yeah. You learned what an index fund was sure the did. other day. You had no clue what an index fund was no clue. a couple weeks ago. Now you're one of the top index investors in the world. Uh, I'm on Forbes. I have a Forbes <laughs> interview next week. <laughs> but when it comes to diversification, you should diversify where you're getting your information. All right, so cool. You're getting it from social media. But you should also maybe get some advice. From good websites, from good magazines, from good books, pick up a book. So social media is, I think, definitely great. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to hate on social media. All my stuff's on social media. PBD's on social media. We're out there. Uh, I think it's awesome when it comes to general advice. This is why you should save. This is how you should invest. Pay off debt. Cool. Great advice. But if you want to get specific and you want to go deep, a 30-second TikTok isn't going to teach you all the ins and outs of investing. Yeah. So at that point, you're going to want to get a little more credible websites. Business Insider, where we get a lot of information. Forbes, Fortune, Saucecast. Money Magazine, Saucecast. That's, that's here. 
USA Today's got a great personal finance section. Bloomberg, you ever heard of that guy? Pretty big. Barron's when it comes to investing. These are things you should do. But the most important thing you can do is just stay learning, right? And you should, like you said, question the motivation of who's giving you the advice. Are they asking you for money? Do they just, you know, are they doing it for the kindness of their heart? Like right now, we're not asking for any money. This is, we're just yeah. information for you. Exactly. Right? But people should question, what, what, what's this guy's deal? What's it? Oh, you know, it ch- turns out he's on value table. It checks out. Okay, cool. He's been in the financial industry for 15 years. All right, cool. I get it now. All right, cool. Or, yeah. or it's some guy who just did Bitcoin six months ago, and he's trying to tell you to sign up for his Bitcoin investing class. Yeah. Questionable. Questionable. So, again, diversify where you get your information. If you're getting it on social media, respect, all good, but also get it from a little more credible sources. I will say that pe- that boomers get shit on a lot. Oh, okay, boomer. But it, especially when it comes to investing, they've been investing for 30-plus years. A lot of them know what they're doing, especially when it comes to the stock market or even real estate. So I don't want to shit on that. All right, so, David, any final points there before we move on? No, I agree. I'm just looking at the comments. We have uh, Crypto Trend saying uh, social that he gets his information from social media, YouTube, Discord. Um, Discord. Got a silly white boy. Got it. Uh, gets his stuff so from Clubhouse. Silly. Is his favorite. Um, YouTube, um, a lot of people, social media, uh, okay. silly white boys, social media is good. Just follow credible people. Well, that goes back to, yeah, do your yeah. research. All right. Well, speaking of social media, let's give TikTok some love. Let's not just hate on social media. Let's not hate on the people on social media. Some people on TikTok are doing some pretty good things, right? So something's interesting is going on on TikTok. When's the last time you were on TikTok? Oosh, I don't really use TikTok. I don't I usually watch, TikTok I watch either, but recycle TikToks on like Instagram. Okay. That's what I do. I know people hate that. All right. Well, there's different That's types of TikToks. There's like dancing, shake your ass TikTok. Right. Right. There's like recipe, learn how to cook TikTok. There's right? the financial TikTok. And there's financial TikTok. Thank you. You're on the ball Dude, today, I, bro. I'm sorry. You have I don't mean to steal your thing. Yeah, no, you're stealing it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> Dave Cast coming soon. There it is. Oh, God. Um, but there's finance TikTok. So get this story TikTokers are trading stocks. By copying what members of Congress do. This is an NPR story. Yeah. We talked about this on the uh, PBD podcast. Yes, we did. We're going to go a little bit deeper, though, bro. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So young investors have a new strategy on TikTok. You got this thing? Yeah, there it is. Um, I got that thing. You know, I used to think that TikTok was just... Bingo. But that's not all it is. There's some investing stuff going on. There's some finance stuff going on. There's some business stuff going on. There's some political stuff. Oh, I'm about to tell you about it. So young investors have a new strategy, right? TikTok, bro. (laughs) TikTok, TikTok. Um, They watch the financial disclosures from members of Congress for stock tips, right? Forget this, for stock tips. They're thinking, (laughs) all right, because they're suspicious of these people. They're super suspicious that they got some insider trading stuff going on. They're making moves with these inside stuff going on. So they, but, But here's the reality. Here's the reality. So thanks to a law called the Stock Act, appropriately named, Stock Act, Lawmakers and their spouses must disclose stock trades within 45 days after making a trade. So, oh, you think you're just going to do some insider trading and get rid No, you got to disclose it. All right. So, that's how you always hear about these. How did, how did, did this guy made this trade? Uh, as a congressman, uh, Burr from, yeah. from North Carolina, he got into hot water not too long ago for, oh, you made some. Oh, I saw that you approved this uh, funding bill for the army and then you. Uh, Invested in uh, defense contract bill. Okay, we yeah. got you, buddy. All right, so it has to be disclosed. That's how these things find out. So there's a guy on TikTok. His name is Chris Joseph. Let's get a shout out to this guy. You might watch this, repost his TikTok, and you never know. Uh, so he's the co-founder of a company called Iris, which shows other people's stock trades. Basically saying, all right, this person's doing that, this person's doing that. Huh. So on this social media investing platform, Iris, 
you can get a push notification every time a congressman or congresswoman's stock trading disclosures are released. So Joseph's came up with this idea. This guy, Chris Joseph's, he's like, all right, cool. Like, I see what's going on. I'm trying to get on the come up right here. I see all this. What pillows. a niche. What a niche. What a niche. The niches, you know, the riches niches, are in the yeah. niches. So he noticed that, that uh, he's like, all right, this, this Pelosi, what's, what's this Pelosi deal? She's got this husband. All right, let me follow this, what's going on in there. So basically he started following Nancy Pelosi's trades or her husband's trades. Because again, you have to disclose yours and your spouse's Francis. trades. He notices the trades that are being made by uh, Pelosi's husband were performing very well. Mm. Okay. So he's like, oh, 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 what's going on here? So he says he personally invests anytime he sees the stocks which they pick. He says, quote, unquote, I'm at the point where if you can't beat them, join join them. You know it. You know, Mitch McConnell and his wife, Elaine Chow, they're investing in Chinese stocks. Bye. (laughs) Right? It's not just the Democrats, Republicans. They're all doing it. Right? So, so far this year, this is according to the, the stats, so far this year, the Senate and House members... Right, two members of uh, Congress, Senate and the House, they've filed more than four thousand financial trading disclosures, meaning they're trading, bro. Yeah, with at least three hundred fifteen million in stocks and bonds bought or sold. Okay, so while they're you know not passing laws in Congress and wasting all our time and spending money. They're getting themselves rich. This is how they do it, but they rich? have to disclose it. Yeah. Okay. We have someone so, in the chat that's yeah. uh, SV Time Chaser. I've been trading Nancy's trades. Wow. Tell us how that's been. Uh, I've been trading Nancy's trades. Let's let's working out for you. How's that going? What are they trading? What's the deal with that? So they say that this is not insider trading, but quote unquote insider knowledge. Mm. Ooh. Look, I'll give you my opinion on this. If it's not illegal, okay. Is it frowned upon? I don't know. Uh, can you copy what they do for sure? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, why not? This is not a left or right thing. This, this is a money thing. thing. Oh, my This guy's on fire today. Bro, what was in this coffee? Okay, how about this? This isn't a red or a blue thing. It's, it's a, a green, green thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire today, Dave Gast. Feel the power going on here? surging through my yeah, veins. It's insane. You're on fire right now. So anyway, shout out to this guy, Chris Josephs, Iris where you can find out what Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, these members of Congress are doing with their trades. Anyway, uh, not a left or right thing. It's a money thing. Yeah. Not a red or blue thing. It's a green thing. This guy's on fire right now. Thank you, David. Um, You know what time it is right now? What's that? It's time for... It's fo-fo-fo. Yes. Fo-fo-fo. What time is it? It's time... For our favorite segment of the week. Give, give it to me. Our wild money moves <laughs> of the week. Give it to me, PBD. Give it to me. Give it to me, PBD. So our wild money move of the week features a little known man named Elon Musk. You ever there heard of this he guy? Is. I think so. He followed me on Instagram. Yeah, did he? Cool. Yeah, yeah, me too. I had to me block too. him. He kept, yeah. kept asking me for like ideas on rocket ships He's and stuff like, like hey, that. hey, can I please be on Saucecast? I was like, dude, I, I can't do this. Elon, right just stop, bro. Just, just stop. You're, you're annoying at this point. So uh, have you have you heard about what the schedule that he does? No. Okay. So get this. This is why he's, the Elon, who we talk about quite often on PBD podcast, he's number one richest person in the world. Him or Bezos or yeah. Bernardo? No, he's in the top three, top five certainly. Yeah. I don't think he was even in the top twenty two years ago. That's how whew, to the moon he is. Yeah. Um, he's got the most insane daily schedule. You want to hear it? I'm afraid to, but yes. So you know how they say making a budget for your money is important. Well, Elon Musk says something ridiculous: budgeting with his time. He says, time is money, and I value my time. So this one guy, he writes for Business Insider, who we talk about a lot. Yeah. He says, I tried Elon Musk's productivity hack 
of breaking my entire day into five-minute time slots. What does that mean? And here it goes. What does it mean? We're about to find out. He says it was annoyingly inflexible, but I got a lot more done. Let's talk about what he's got. So basically, if you know anything about Elon Musk, he's very meticulous with his time. He splits his days into five-minute intervals. We've got to do this for five minutes. Do this for five minutes. Do this for five minutes. Cool, 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 cool. He basically prioritizes his... His um his workloads between his companies. That's how he does it. Between Tesla, between um, boring company, the boring company, between SpaceX. SpaceX. I mean, you're not, you're on the ball today. Yeah, let me I sit love there. It. Well, let's yeah, oh, let let's me just switch. Just get just, it. Just, just forget get it. it. <laughs> just get out of here. So basically, um, uh, these guys are spa- basically he's basically spending his time moment by moment, basically figuring out the best ROI of his time. Time is money. So it's um. So basically what he does, he doesn't eat breakfast. Boom. Gets right into the day. Starts Same. His day up. Okay. So he wolfs down. He doesn't spend even five minutes on lunch. Boom. Starf sounds his lunch and he avoids phone calls. No, no small talk. This guy's working, 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 working. So basically you want to work? You want to make be successful? Just be a fast eater. Don't spend your, don't, don't take an hour lunch break. Dude, done. There. I, okay. I wolfed down my stuff. Um, basically, if you want to spend, if you want to make some money, you want to build wealth, cut out the fat. Literally and figuratively. So okay. that's what he does. Right. So this guy, Stephen Jones, Steve Jones, he's the writer of this article. He basically put this concept to test for a oh. couple of days. He says, here's the realization, quote unquote. It's almost impossible to get anything done properly in five minutes. Yeah. Other than maybe some emails or a social media post. Five minutes, keep in mind. So basically, rather than organizing his days into five-minute slots, he did this. He basically just jumbled them up together. Okay. And... Uh, Turned it into basically a half hour time slots, okay, six or twelve, so so six or, or an hour time slot, and basically that's what he did. He's boom, 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 boom. But basically, limiting how long I had for a specific task meant that I had to get it done faster. I got five minutes to do this. I got to go. What's up? Knowing that I only had an hour to do it really focused my mind. Cool. It also helped me cut out the unnecessary distractions that cut that can drain productivity like regularly checking my inbox or scrolling through social media. I totally agree okay. with that. Um, Five-minute segments. I mean, this is... I, I'm trying to, like, in my head right now, I'm applying it to my yeah. day-to-day. I'm, try- I'm going to do some basic math real quick. I, I don't know how I would do that. I do. I mean, there are some things that just require more time. So what do I do after five minutes? Do I move on to the next thing and then come back to it after the... I, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like... So if there's 60 minutes in an hour and everything's divided by five, that's 12 things you're doing in an hour, right? And if you're going to work... But, but not, not fully. Like, you're not... I mean, how well could you be doing those 12 things? Correct. I don't know. I mean, that's why Elon I'm Musk. not multi-millionaire Elon Musk. Multi-billionaire. Excuse me. <clears throat> Get it right. Multi- that's your first incorrect <clears throat> statement of the day. Billionaire. So if you're doing 12 things in an hour and you're working 12-hour days, right? You just did 144 things in a day. Well, hold on. That's crazy. You know, uh, yeah. Loriana has a good point here. She goes, yeah. he probably has a huge team of people doing all kinds of things for him. Elon Musk isn't doing his laundry, duh. Bingo. Bada bingo. bingo. You know, let's let's give a shout out to PBD for a second. Patrick uh-huh. Bet David. This is what he does, exactly what Elon Musk does. Exactly. But rather it be in five-minute intervals, it's hour intervals. You know how many times I've been having lunch with Pat? We start at noon. At 1 o'clock, he goes, I got to go. I got to go. I'm like, dude, we're like. The, 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 he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I got, I, I, I have a conference call at one fifteen. I got to go. Yeah, boom, cuts it out of his life. Have you, have you ever noticed that everything that we do here is like, all right, cool. From four to five, we got this. From five to six, we got this. Yeah. Next day, nine to ten, like very regimented life. Pat 
as an example, he, he has a lot of people here working for him, with him, picking up the laundry, picking up the kids, yeah. doing whatever. But the point is, is he's got a game plan for his time. He's budgeted his time accordingly. So um, if you can budget your time better, think about more things that you can do throughout the day. So whether you're Elon Musk and you're doing it in five-minute intervals, complete wildness that you can't do, whether you're PBD and you do you break down the day by hour segments, right? Yeah. You can do 12 things in a day. Um, that's that you accomplish 12 things in a day. That's six days a week. 12 things. That's 72 things uh, done in a week. Extrapolate that times 365. That's 3,800 things that you're doing in a year, where the average person maybe gets 10 things done, 50 things done, 100 things done. Right. You're getting thousands of things done. So rich people budget their time. That's right. what it is. They allocate their time wisely. So if you're not doing this, you should think about it. That's my point. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously the average Joe has to give themselves more than five minutes to do something because you, you don't have those. those. But, yeah, I mean, you just have to stay disciplined and organized and, yeah, stay on track. What are my tasks for the day and how much I have to allocate time to this? Because if you just say I have to do this but you're not giving yourself a, a limit, then mm -hmm. you can just do that one thing till whatever. I have 20 minutes to do this. I have to do this. And, and it, that's what I can do. You know, it's not something like, for instance, I, I watch a lot of our videos checking yep. quality control. Obviously, an hour-long video I can't do in five minutes Correct. or twenty minutes. But it's you like know you I can have do. that hour. You can do it in two x, two x speed. Yeah, it's I watch everything it. in two x speed. I wouldn't be offended. People watch this in two x speed. Boom! I get that information. Time for me to move on. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. Two x. Anyway, it's good. Yeah. Anyway, we talk about budgeting a lot, right? Um, Budgeting your money, we should also be budgeting your time. Cool. Yeah. So respect on that. Uh, well, we've spent a little too much time on this segment. Time for us to move on to the next segment. How do we think about yeah, that? Yeah, two times. Let's do this thing. Okay, in two two times times. I can talk this fast real all time. day. Um, so uh, we have a new segment that we're talking about right now called financial advice for dummies. Not that you're dumb at home. Excuse me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I like this. Okay. One time I, like I did. It. One time I did a segment on valuetainment economics called investing for dummies. I have 100,000 views at this point. It's great. Yeah. People get it. I'm not calling you dumb. Yeah, no. But there's course. dumb people out there that need to hear some stuff. I'm 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 financial. I'm a financial dummy. You're getting better though, buddy. But I'm I getting better. You. I'm here to grow and learn. So let's do this. I now. remember when you didn't know what ROI was. <sighs> Those were the days. What did you think ROI was initially? It was a Thursday. It was um, a Thursday. Yeah, of course it was a Thursday. I thought it was French. Wow. Wow. You're so funny. All right, so here's some financial advice for dummies. So basically, here's four smart money tips that no one ever wants to hear, according to a financial planner. So this financial planner, her name is Misty Lynch. She's a certified financial planner, and she tells business insiders, she goes, listen, ignoring money advice, by the way, this is from a macro perspective, okay. comes at a price. Not understanding how money works comes at a price. Financial illiteracy mm. cost Americans $415 billion dollars. In 2020. Wow. Okay? Not understanding interest rates. Not understanding how much debt you have. Not understanding where you should be investing your money. Not understanding just the basic stuff of budgeting. Yeah. Uh, has its ramifications. Okay? So she says there's a part of our brain that is constantly trying to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and take shortcuts. Okay. So if you heed no other financial warnings, at least consider these four tips from this lady called Misty Lynch. No relation to Merrill. Merrill Lynch. Thank you, Adam. Okay. No problem. I was wondering. So here are four tips from uh, Business Insider on money habits. Number one, you need a budget. Number two, your parents and your grandparents may mean well, 
but it doesn't mean they're right. Number three, taking a risk isn't always a smart move. And number four, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing at all. Let's get into this thing, okay? So number one, we talk about it all the time. Have a budget. Have a budget. Have a budget. Have a has a budget. You know, I always say that the only thing worse than doing a budget is not doing a budget, right? What is that right there? Whoa, that was uh. Keep going. Okay. It's a little glitch in the matrix. A little glitch in the matrix. So anyway, budget is is what she says is the biggest is the biggest thing. I get it that it's basic having a budget. A budget is basically your income minus your expenses. What's coming in the door? What's going out the door? Right. This ain't complicated, right? Right. Um, you got to have more coming in that's going out. That's just basic stuff right there, all right? I, what else do you need to know other than having a... Uh, yeah, we get it. Budgeting sucks. We get it. Budgeting's restrictive. We get yeah. it. Budgeting's strict. We get it. Budgeting's difficult to maintain. We freaking get it. We get it. It's annoying. Budget, budget, budget. Shut the up about a budget. <laughs> but you do need to have a game plan for your money. You do. Yeah. What it, I said, that's why I call it, within my SAS 6, my six principles of wealth, I say that principle number one is having a money game plan. Yeah. I don't like the word budget. I think it's kind of a boring, but it's the same thing, right? Cash flow, baby, cash flow. How much is coming in the door? What's going out the door? How much did I make this month? How much are my expenses this month? It's not that complicated, but most people don't do it. You know what percentage of America does a budget? 10%. What? 25%. Oof. Three out of four people don't do a freaking budget. You can be as simple as taking a freaking piece of paper, folding in half, what's coming in the door, what's going out the door. It could be that simple. Yeah. You could use apps. We talked about apps that use for you know mint. Yeah. Why NAB? You need a budget, right? Uh, Dave Ramsey's got a good budget. Freaking do a budget. It's not that hard. So it gets a bad rap. I get it. You know, it's not fun. I can't do what I want to do. No. We talked about on this thing 50 30 20 rule. 50% of your of your income should go to your needs. 30% can go to your wants. 20% goes to your savings. And you're paying off debt. This ain't that complicated, David. I agree, man. Preacher I, I, of the choir. I, I, will, I, will, I will get up out of this desk right now. I will jump <laughs> over there and give you a handshake. I'm doing okay. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, the whole point of budgeting is not just for managing your money, but it's also understanding or illuminating your bad money habits, right? So they can be corrected. Oh, shit, I'm spending... $300 a fucking month on these, uh, um, what's it called? The thing, subscriptions? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize. I was playing, oh my God, I thought I canceled that. Yeah. All right. So a lot of times spending habits don't really align with the things that they say that they want to actually, you know, do or care about. So, um, once you see how much you're spending on certain things, damn, I spent 600 that, bucks on Uber last month. What just happened here? I think that's what uh, yeah. kind of takes people away from doing it because they don't want to see how much money they're actually throwing out. It's kind of gross. It's like, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, like I spent that much. Like, Why did I eat every day last week? Yeah. Oh, my God, $15. Well, here, here's what I tell people in their budget so I can, they can walk away with a little um, tip right here. Yeah. I said this before. Uh, within your budget, you know, understand how much is coming in the door, what's your expenses. But everyone has the same big three expenses. Your housing, your transportation, and your food and beverage. How much is your rent? How much is your mortgage? How much is your car? How much is your car payment? How much is your car insurance? How much is your taxes? I mean, your go- uh, your gas, everything that goes on with your car. Yeah. Transportation. Food and beverage. How much did you spend for lunch every day? How much is dinner? How much is it going grocery shopping? When you got to the drink, when you got to the club, that's your food and beverage. If you add that all up, you're 75% of the way with your budget. Then right. people got, you know, their cell phone. Okay, cool. Right? They got you got health insurance. Cool. I get it. You know, they got subscriptions. Cool. They got a gym membership. Cool. But the big stuff is your housing, your transportation, your food and beverage. So what yeah. I do, 
is I understand that I know how much money I make a year. I know. So I know that if I'm renting, I need to be below this threshold. So for instance, my rent is somewhere between 2500 and four grand, depending on where I'm living. Especially mm-hmm. when I was living in Dallas, it was a little bit cheaper. But in South Florida, that's I know like that's my that's my comfort zone. I'm good. Um, I know that I'm not because I don't have a car. I don't spend money on all the car stuff, especially when I live downtown Miami. I'm spending next. I spend like 300 bucks a month max on Uber. Okay, I I know I can spend probably a thousand bucks on a car, but I'm saving an extra 700 bucks just on that. And what I do because I like to go out and have a good time is I'll spend that additional money that I would typically be spending on car insurance, gas, taxes, tolls, whatever thing with a car. I'll get some dinner. I'll buy some drinks. Round of drinks on size over here, baby. I'm good. Bingo. So that's how I budget. So anyway, have a game plan for your money. Budget like Brady. I always talk about that. Tom Brady goes into every game. Does, I'm gonna, Tampa Bay, I'm just going to beat New Orleans Saints. No, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So budget every first of the month. Anyway, I know we went on a little bit longer on that, but you need a budget. All right, this is, again, that story from a financial planner. Four basic money tips. I know that we just went on a rant on budgeting. All right, number two. Your parents and your grandparents may mean well, but that doesn't mean they're right. Shut up, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Granny. What do you I, know? You talk back to me one more time, Grandpa. <laughs> right in the kisser. No, it's not that kind of a thing. Obviously, give your respect to your grandparents. But basically, you know, most... <laughs> Shut the f- <laughs> Grandma! Shut the... F- <laughs> Say another word, Grandma. Grandma, one more word out of you, and I'm putting you at home. <laughs> Oh, your fingers hurt? That's great. But now your back's going to hurt because yeah. you just sort of pulled the landscaping <laughs> duty, Grandma. No, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. We love our grandparents. I love my grandma. I love my family. I get it. But sometimes the advice that they give you isn't exactly the right advice. All right? So according to Lynch, again, this financial advisor, most people don't want to hear any advice that contradicts what they've been told by their parents, grandparents, or other respected mentors in their personal lives. Right? These old farts, they don't know about crypto. They don't know about what's going on right now. They don't know about this new inflation that we're dealing with. They don't know about salaries and things that people are dealing with these days. So sometimes, you know, take the good with the bad. Take the old with the new. Right. Now they say, make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver, one is gold. Sure, actually, I've never heard that. <laughs> Holy wow. Um, so your grandparents take their advice in stride, okay? Um a lot of things that happened back in the day, even today, like electric vehicles. Grandma don't know about that. She don't know. She don't know she about, don't know about the push to start. She don't know about the push to start. She doesn't know about the turn and she's go. Getting ad- she's getting advice from the Bible. I get it. Now we're getting advice from... Back in my day. There it was. That's what I was waiting on this whole time. Give me your best grandpa impression. Sauscast. All I know is Dave Ramsey. <laughs> oh, Dave. Um, So anyway, this lady Lynch says, uh, parents and grandparents had a totally different existence. While they probably mean well, it doesn't mean everything they say makes sense in today's culture and the economy. Look, the older people in the country right now, they're in their 80s. These are called traditionalists, right? They are um, the silent generation, the greatest generation. They fought in World War II. They were fighting in the Korean War, right? Yeah. They were were badasses. they, They were badasses. Yeah. Right? They're amazing people. Uh, but they don't know about well, the, the newest. They don't know about this internet money. They don't know about NFTs. They can't tell you about crypto. They don't have all the, you know, they yeah. barely know about index investing. Inve- index investing didn't become popular until the 90s. So maybe they don't know exactly. Then you get the boomers, who are basically our parents. Yeah. Right? Why I oughta. <laughs> um, you know, they want, they want to protect you. They want to kind of give you the set of 
uh, skills or set of information that, that worked for them, but that might not work for you. Now, the millennials, the Gen Z of the world, they're kind of flipping the script. They're doing something different. So again, your parents and your grandparents may mean well, but that doesn't mean that they're right, especially financially. Okay. Number three, taking a risk isn't always a smart move. Again, this is from uh, Merrill Lynch, or not Merrill Lynch. What do we call Whoops. her? Um, Misty Lynch, no relation to Merrill. She says, on the other hand, Lynch often has clients that want her to affirm some of their riskier financial decisions uh, when they don't even make that much sense, i.e. a client basically asked if she should quit her job to focus on her side business full time that was making no money. So she looked at her and said, no, 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 no. Make that money. Save that money. Work on your side hustle on the side. Don't quit your full-time job until your side hustle is actually taken off. Right, yeah. Okay, because at that point, it's not even a side hustle. It's just sort of a dream that you would like to do. Bingo. It's not paying the bills. Right. Don't forego your primary source of income that's paying the bills and making you money for an idea that you have. Work on the idea, right? Let's say you're working 8, 10 hours a day. Work on the idea then another three, four, five hours a day. If you yeah. love it, spend all night doing it. But don't yeah. quit your job to focus on something <clears throat> that isn't going to reap any rewards for you right no, now. No, that's, okay? that's asking for stress. Um, so you, is this something that you're familiar like you're a, you like music. You're not yeah. going to quit your job to focus on music right Hell now. No, no. There's, I mean, yeah. There's a great book called, uh, I forget the author, but uh, No Excuses. And there's a part in that book where it talks about uh, time management. Mm -hmm. People, A lot of people say, I can't do uh, X things. I, don't, I just don't have time. Dude, there's so much time in the day that we waste. Where you can allocate those two or three hours to that dream. I mean, I have yeah. to. I mean, a lot of people think I have to like spend the entire day focusing on this thing to make it work. No. I have to quit my job. No, Elon no. Musk, it, bro. Yeah. Spend an Elon hour a day. Musk it. Be efficient hour a day. of it. There it hour is. Hour a day every day. Compound interest. There it is. Bingo. She also says this often comes up with people looking to get into riskier investments. Right, taking on risk isn't always a smart move. We talked about quitting your job yeah. to the side hustle right here. Uh, they say something like, "I want to play the market," or "I want to get into this or that crypto or something like that," but. They still have bills they need to pay, right? Maybe there's a better option at work that offers a 401k or you can get a Roth IRA or something like that. Maybe there's different types of accounts you should look at. Uh, you don't need to necessarily take on all the risk. Right. We talked about a few episodes. I want all the smoke. You don't need all the risk. Right. Right? So uh, pay your bills on time before you start Do investing it. in crypto, okay? Last but not least, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing at all. We talked about Warren Buffett. Just say no. Just say power no. Now you don't have to do everything. The power of no. You like that. I love that. So, you know, we're all going to, you know, have things that happen in our lives that are going to take away um, from your focus, right? Whether that's a breakup, whether that's a new job, whether that's a, some, you know, a death in the family, major life shift. Uh, it's important in those moments to slow down, right? Don't make any rash, drastic decisions immediately, especially after big things happen, right? So take the time to actually process it. So we talk about um, logic over emotion. So you know, anytime someone says, "Yeah, I just inherited, you know, hundred grand," or "I just won the lottery," bro, you know what I recommend they do? What's that? Nothing for mm. six months. Don't do anything. Keep living your life. Just live you your life. You've been doing it for twenty years, thirty years, forty years, whatever it is. Take six months and just wait for the emotions. Right, I, I just won $20 million. I'm buying a $10 million yacht. Don't do it, bro. Yeah. Because you owe $10 million in taxes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. No, no rash decisions. Okay, so sometimes the best thing to do, especially when crazy life changes are happening in your life, are nothing at all.
Yeah. Nothing at all. What are your thoughts? I say pay, pay, pay your – I mean, you should have that attitude towards paying your debt. I mean, I think I – mean, and honestly, I would like to think that most people, after winning the lottery, the first thing they think is, oh, my God, I can pay off my mortgage. I can pay off my car. I can pay off that credit card. I can buy my mom – like, I can pay off my mom's house. I think that's the, the – when you ask people, what would you do if you won the lottery? Oh, I'd pay you know, all my mom's debts, all my family's mm-hmm. debts. So I think have that urgency for that, 100%. Like, go and uh, pay off all your debts. And then chill six months. Yep. And see how to uh, properly handle that. I like that, that. dough. Paying off debts. Respect. Uh, anyway, these are these are basic. These aren't crazy. Yeah, this isn't groundbreaking This stuff. isn't groundbreaking, but this is the stuff that you need to implement in your life. Yeah. Okay? Real quick again. Um, have a budget. We talked about that. We ranted on that, bro. Have a budget. Most people don't budget. Again, most people are most people. Most people are broke. Most people won't take a time out of their day to listen to something like this. Most people are most people, and that's why most people are broke. Most people don't do a budget. Do you do a budget every single month? Do you have a game plan for your money? You got that cash flow coming in or what? Uh, Number two, grandma's not always right. I love my grandma. I love my mom, but their advice might not always be right. Number three, taking on more risk isn't always a smart move. You know, maybe when it comes to investing, you can have a little more risk in your life. Yeah. Um, But uh, not all the time. And number four, sometimes you can say no or do nothing at all. Yeah. Okay. 100%. There it is. Um, look, should we here I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want to you want to talk about debt uh-huh. or do you want to get into the crypto corner? Mm, let's do crypto corner. Okay. So we'll we'll we'll, sh- we'll save the debt for another time. Um, let's talk crypto for a second. So let's pass that debt thing up. We can save that for the next episode. I hope you're ready for the next episode. Yay, 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 yay. Episode 12. Smoke. We every, every day. day. No, I don't. I, I can't. Stay I have away. a yeah. stay away from that. It's bad for Save you. that money. Save that money. Anyway. Grow. <laughs> grow. <laughs> no, no. Um, let's talk about crypto. We this is a segment we call the crypto corner around here. Anyway, do you know where crypto's at right now? Uh, I'm going to say Bitcoin tops 50,000. I'm sorry. Do you know where Bitcoin is right now? Uh, it's got to be in the 56. The last time I saw it was like let's 56. Check. Let's I check can, where it's at uh, right check now. Check real quick. As the filming of the show, Bitcoin is at 57,000. Dollars. Here's an article here's an article that came out from the street. Yep. This was an article Earlier in the week, and look how much crypto's gone up because this article basically oh, talks hold on, hold about hold up, hold up. There it is. Bitcoin being fifty grand. Yeah. Okay. Now it's fifty. Now it's closer 60. to sixty almost. Yeesh. Bitcoin's back, baby. Dude. So anyway, Glad Bitcoin I bought a thousand coins. Back Bitcoin. Thousand <laughs> Bitcoin. Yeah. So Bitcoin surpassed the fifty thousand dollar mark. This was last week, and um, now it's at fifty seven, and it's inching in on sixty thousand. It might get there by the end of the week. We'll see. So in, Bitcoin is like the comeback player of the year. You, you know, you can't count Bitcoin out, right? It's also like the new kid on the block. Banks yeah. are like, who's this guy? He's the comeback player, and he's the rookie of the year almost. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at this guy. Let's do, this kid's got some talent is basically what they're looking. So you know who looked at Bitcoin? They said, we like this guy. We like this guy. Uh, Bank of America. Bank of America. Okay? Okay. So when you want to talk legit, they're as legit of an entity as it gets. Bank of America. Okay. Okay. What's that condescending? I don't know. It's like when you get, like the cool thing about Bitcoin, it's like it's this free thing, like this free market type of thing where it's yeah. like just handled by the people and it's all this. But then when you start hearing Bank of America got into it and the big banks and then there's more government on it, then it's like, oh, God. Oh, no. Parents are here. That's <laughs> kind of what it feels I'm like. Trying to throw a house party and like my Mom, parents just showed up. Shut up. That's actually a good <laughs> analogy. Well, yeah. Um, 
See, the, the flip side to that is you want some legitimacy to, to these big boys. I think it's I mean, already we about, legitimized itself. I don't know. It's like, it, dude, if know. you don't trust, I mean, it's like, come on. It's like, it's it's the big one. We talk we, about it for we, a reason. We talked about uh, a couple episodes like, ago about the guy who said crypto was going to go to zero. What was his name? Um, uh, I'll tell you his name. It was... Uh, Big hedge fund guy. Anyway, but then he argued with Kathy Wood. Who Kathy's like, you don't know anything. You're just like, right, right, you're right, a gold right, right, hawk. Right. Um, and he was a, a guy who made a, a lot of money during the 2008 recession. Big, a big hedge fund guy. I forget right. his name. John something. Um, but you know, Tesla's in it. PayPal's in it. Um, right. There's people that are accepting Bitcoin out there. It is. It's. It's not widely accepted. Exactly. Yet. But and when Bank of America legit- shows up, dude. Yeah. That legitimizes things. Yeah. That's big time legit. Um, so I associate like banks with like there's some sort of corruption there. With and they're parents. Gonna, yeah, with parents. And it's just okay. like, oh, dude. Crypto is like the boring. cool kid at the party and the parents yeah. show up. I do like that analogy. However, this, you know, what Bitcoin Bank? does need is. Bank of America's here. <laughs> uh, what's going on, kids? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> you got some Bitcoin? <laughs> hey, cool. Hi- hey, fellow high hey, schoolers. Hey, fellow high schoolers. <laughs> How can I get some of this Bitcoin? Um, all right. Well, whether you think Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is the, are the cool kids, or Bank of America are the uh, annoying parents. This has helped the price go up. Okay. When Bank of America made this announcement, this the, it crashed over fifty, and now it's approaching sixty. So, um, it's a legitimate entity, no doubt. Give, it's give me the crypto, story. It's giving their cryptocurrencies a seal of approval. That's freaking the story right there. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically like uh, I feel like it already had the seal of approval. I don't know. It's basically like when um, like who hasn't? It's basically like when MJ was like, "See this Kobe kid." Kid's a baller. You're like, oh damn! All right, let's pay attention. To Is Kobe. that not what Elon Musk did when he like was like, I'll take payment for it? That's pretty much. He's like, you see this yes. Bitcoin kid? Kid's a baller. But then he pulled out because he had. Uh, well, then you know you can argue. Issues. Well, you can also argue different reasons for that. Yeah. You can say you know he owns a shit ton, so he knocks down the price and then buys it cheaper. You know what I'm saying? The old pump and dump. The old David pump and dump. The old pump and dump. So anyway, here's what Bank of America has to say. I know you've got some serious issues with Bank of America. No, I'm closing my account right now. I don't like this. <laughs> Um, it says basically with a two trillion dollar market value and two hundred million users, the digital asset universe is too large to ignore. Per Bank of America, we believe the crypto-based digital assets could form an entirely new asset class. Bitcoin is important with a market value of about one trillion dollars specifically, but the digital asset ecosystem is so much more. Bitcoin was designed as money, but is increasingly viewed as digital gold. I think it's more than just digital gold. Yeah. Um, look, bottom line is this. If you've got Bitcoin, you've seen your wallet increase over the last couple of weeks. For sure. And Bank of America has helped legitimize this, right? So if you don't have Bitcoin and you're still on the fence, maybe this is time for you to say, all right, maybe I'll throw a couple of bucks towards the Bitcoin because Bank of America just kind of stepped in. Um, look, the bottom line is this. Bitcoin is no longer just a Reddit-based uh, you know, sort of weird alternative currency. Yeah. It's out there. Banks are realizing it. Wall Street's realizing that. Fortune 500 companies are watching it. It's a real ass- asset class, yeah. right? Dollars, um, stocks, gold, silver, crypto. Yeah, it's real out there now. Bitcoin for sure. So, you know who else? Who also is advocating buying more crypto, buying more Bitcoin? Who's that? Do you know who Mr. Wonderful is? Mr. Wonderful? Shark oh, Tank, Kevin O'Leary. Oh, Kevin O'Leary. Pull this guy up real quick. Let me pull this guy up. I told you. There it is. So, and he's somebody that hated on crypto for a while. Yeah. Old man, I don't like oh, this new I stuff. don't like all this crypto cunt currency. <laughs> 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 so, the Shark Tank investor, a.k.a. Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, 
He says he wants to double his crypto holdings, uh, right? So double. Let's, you let's know, put that okay. in perspective. I got a better analogy for this. Yeah. You know what this is? Yeah. Bitcoin is that new new kid in school who had this big party and like everyone's going and you're at the party and then you see like the coolest kids there, Kevin O'Leary and Bank of America, like, oh, this kid's legit. These are the coolest kids in school and they're at his party. Yeah, he's yeah. legit. Yeah, he's in. Okay. That's what it, exactly what it is. And what was They're it, not the parents anymore. What was it a few years ago? Before it was like it was like, oh, he's he's kind of weird. He's kind of weird. Kind of weird. I don't he's like talking him. about taking over the world he's and how he's going to change things. Super weird. He got a little he's like into a, weird music. He dresses, but now it's like, oh no, you're oh he's kind of cool. Oh, he's having this party. Oh, let's go. Oh, it's sick. Oh, Kevin O'Leary's here. Oh, this kid's sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Kevin O'Leary's at the party. Dude, Bank hold of my beer. Wow. Dude. Not to freak you out, but Kevin O'Leary just walked in. This party's <laughs> sick, bro. <laughs> That's a big one. You killed it. All right, so Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, just showed up. He says he wants to at least double his cryptocurrency holdings by the end of the year. Okay? He predicts that trillions of more dollars could pour into the market. Now, keep in mind, when he says he wants to raise his exposure, I'm going to raise my exposure. I'm going to double up. Yeah. He only has 3% of his uh, investment portfolio into crypto. He wants to go to 7 okay. I say this all the time. I've said these exact numbers all the time. Look, I'm not saying you need to be 100% crypto. I'm not saying you need to be 100% Bitcoin. I know people like that. They're like, yeah, all my money's in Bitcoin. I've got like three months of savings, six months of savings. The rest is in crypto. Yeah, It's a little aggressive. But I also don't think you should have zero. Right. I said, follow the big boys. What are the big boys doing? Somewhere between 3 and 8%. Look at Mr. Wonderful. Look how wonderful he is. He just went from 3 to 7%. So that's something you should consider. Um, again, he's not going all in. He's pretty savvy, but he understands that the money might be flowing this way. Um, you know, Anyone saying going all in, not the right advice. Yeah. Okay. Never go all in. Um, so he uh, now just to keep in mind, not everyone is always right. He predicted that Bitcoin would, was garbage and that it was going to zero. And now he says this is not going away and this is a new asset class. So which one is it, Kevin? Pick one, bro. Pick one, bro. Pick a path. Mr. Wonderful. Most yeah. like Mr. Indecisive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Flip-flop. <laughs> Mr. Flip-flop. Um, well, the, the important lesson here for most people is that it, it's okay to change your mind from time to time. You, it's okay to say, I was wrong about that yeah. and correct it. The worst thing to say is, no, no, I'm doubling down on being wrong, and nobody can change this my mind. This is true. I am digging in. I am, I, am, I am locking in, and you cannot tell me anything yeah, else. I'm doubling down. 100% I'm Mac wrong. from Always Sunny. But I got my beliefs. <laughs> I'm digging in, and nobody yeah, can tell exactly. me from what to do. Well, question. Well, now, yeah. what if he goes back? What if he's like, never mind. No, I was wrong. <laughs> I thought I was wrong before, but now well, I'm definitely wrong. You know what? Let's so keep, it's like, all right, bro. Let's remember this conversation. Kevin O'Leary. Thought that crypto was quote unquote garbage. No. Realized it wasn't, went to 3%. Now he's doubling down, going to 7%. Let's follow the money, buddy. Let's see. FTM. FTM. Follow, follow the money. The money. Um, Let's see, Kevin. But he says that his, there's a major concern of his. By the way, I keep changing the way. He says the one thing that there's the one thing. Oh. I don't know about this. There's one thing that Men. keeps in mind. Man. Regulation. Okay. He says regulation. Yeah. He says, I don't want to get involved in crypto if the regulator says it's not okay. Oh, the regulator. Oh, my God. Okay. I can't. He says, I can't afford to be offside and I can't afford to be non compliant. Nerd alert. Oh, my God. This geek. He's, he, he's the one that's like, oh, my God. Are you guys drinking? No, I'm calling the parents. <laughs> You're so funny. No, I'm calling the cops. Um, so that seems to be the, the big question in crypto, in all seriousness. So the government, 
regulators coming in like they're freaking Warren G over here and be like, time to regulate. Yeah, he's like, exactly. well, if the parents are coming, I don't want to go. Exactly. Look, regulation, taxes, red tape, you know, putting the impediments to everything that's happening in the marketplace. So the point is this. If you're going to take anything from this segment, Bitcoin has boomed since um, Bank of America joined the equation. Yeah. It was under 50. Now it's approaching 60. Kevin O'Leary, Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful. He thought it was trash, zero, went to three. Now he's talking about going to seven. What are you going to do with your portfolio? Now's the time if you're at zero to say, look, all right, yeah, maybe, I'm yeah. putting a grand into Bitcoin. Go sit at the cool kids table. Go sit at the cool kids table. Walk, around, walk by it. Be like, hey, can I sit here? Yeah, it's 57K to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy a fractionalized shirt. You can buy a fractionalized. You can sit at that's the corner. Cool. So um, that's what's going on in the crypto world. But since we're on the crypto cryptoid Crypto corner. Okay. You know the big thing in crypto these days? Oh, boy. NFTs. Oh, yeah. These All are... I hear about are these NFTs. You got Maverick over here who's probably going to end up cutting this clip. Yeah. Talks about NFTs nonstop. Jesus. I said, let me do something for Maverick. Here we go. I hear, you know, NFTs are here, and you know what? They're this the shit ain't kids. no joke. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like the- The alternative kids. The alternative kids. That are like- Okay, I guess you're kind of cool, but you're kind of weird. I don't know enough about you. I don't know. I don't know. Are you are you guys going to take over the world or just like yeah. kill us all? What's going I, I'm on? I'm not sure yet. Is this just a JPEG? <laughs> That's what's going on with NFT. So NFT, WFT, crypto, PBD. blockchain, PBD, OPP, you and me, one, two, three, ABC. Oh, I was just about the ABC. Yeah. NFT, WTF. NFT. So you hear these things all the time. Crypto, blockchain, ledger, digital, coin. These are terms that, like, it's okay if you don't understand these terms. It's okay to be like, yeah, I got no, I, I, I got, I got nothing. I, I do not understand. Yeah, these terms weren't even talked about a couple of years ago, right? Especially NFTs. Yeah, no NFT. I started hearing NFT this year. Exactly. So if you're not familiar with it, that's okay. But listen up for this segment right here. So block blockchain. It's all about the blockchain. Uh, the okay. blockchain is like the one thing that that everything in the crypto world, the Bitcoin world, the Coinbase world. Everything that these these digital assets is based around this blockchain. It's basically like the stenographer that's just constantly typing and tracking everything yeah. that's going on, okay, right? Okay, cool. So th- this is basically what proves that these digital assets uh, can't be faked, okay? So NFT, non. Fungible token. Fungible token. Fungible. You know what fungible means? No fungin idea. No fungin idea. Replaceable. Go, oh, of course. Non fungible. Yeah. Yeah, can't be replaced. Yeah, can't yeah. be duplicated. Never duplicated, always imitated. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that's run DMC right there. Uh-huh. And then token. What's a token? It's like basically a digital certificate. Sure. Non fungible token. NFT. So um here's an example. You know, because you said, well, why can't I just take a freaking picture of, you know, take a picture of the freaking Mona Lisa? Now I got a Mona Lisa on my phone. But no, there's only one Mona Lisa to use a very yeah. clear art example and what an nft will do is you know authenticate this digital asset in this case okay. and authenticate this one digital asset called these so there's a million different um mona lisa posters out there but there's only one mona lisa at the louvre in paris yeah so basically what this uh nft does is basically say nope this is the original i've, auth- I've authenticated it that's okay. what it is okay but it's like this the original what jpeg is or, that what it is? It's like the original JPEG? It seems like you're not in the NFT train. I, I like, I look, if it's a train and it's going somewhere, I, I'll get on it. But it's like, 
okay, we all realize we're just trading JPEGs, right? Okay. Well, we're all on the same boat. Okay, look, because like, okay, so you're telling me if Pat Pat um, has a, a big selfie, he has Donald Trump on the podcast, he takes a, a selfie, right? That his picture, yes, and he sends it to me, so we both have a copy. Yeah. But Pat's is the original one. That one's worth forty k. Mine, though it's the same thing, but it's not the original. Is worth nothing. This is the question with NFTs. So the NFT, but I have the of same quality. Jack Dorsey's first tweet. It was his first tweet on Twitter. I can find so, it. Right now. Yeah, I know you can find it. But someone bought that as an NFT for whatever you know, million dollars, something ridiculous, whatever the number was. But that they got the they got the thing. They got the one thing. That's the whole point. Is that it's N okay. NF non fungible. Can't be duplicated. It can That's be imitated. Not true, though. Okay, it can be imitated. It can be imitated, but not duplicated. There's the difference. Okay. I'm not... Often, often imitated, never duplicated. There's Look, a rap song with that. If, yeah, if we're just trading stuff, sure, let's do it. But okay. Okay, as long as we agree, this is all kind of. Sorry. I agree with you that it's silliness. Yeah, exactly. But so was Bitcoin when it first started. Well, I would. I would argue. No, it was. No, I know. No, 2009. No. Satoshi Nakamoto's like, yeah, there's going to be a digital crypto that instead of using a dollar, I'm just going to. People were, was just, people were trading in their Bitcoin to buy some pizza. Pizza, yeah, I remember that. Okay. So I think, okay, but so that's a little different. I, I learned, listen, David, listen. <laughs> when the internet started, whatever, in the 90s. When the people internet were, started. Exactly. People were like, <laughs> people were like the internet. What, what, what is this? Yeah. So everything's, and then all these companies, basically, the remember, remember you were probably too young, but the dot-com boom, the okay. bubble. No, I was not. All these companies were getting. I was alive for it, but I was paying attention. All these companies were getting crazy valuations. Right, all these companies just because they had .com at the end of the name, or just basically had these crazy market uh, valuations worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. Boom! People realize just because you got .com at the end of your company doesn't make you a multi-millionaire, billionaire. Right. Half the companies went bust, didn't have any profits, made no freaking money, and they all went out of business. And then there was a .com bubble. But, and here's the kicker here. So they were saying, just like you were saying. What is this fucking NFT? What is this bullshit? Oh, no, I'm what that is this guy. Internet? You're that guy. Holy they hell. All went, I exactly. I that guy. But here's my point. Is the internet still here? Right? Are we still doing yeah. email? Oh, is, sure the, is social media sure. here? Has, have things not gotten way, way, way bigger than they were in 2000? So here's the point. I, I don't think these digital assets, these digital coins, this, these NFTs, these cryptos, these blockchains, yeah. these bitcoins, dude, I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah, and look. There, and there's some... That might go out of business. Sure. There's some that might not be here. Sure. But just like the internet, this shit's not going anywhere. And I agree. Listen, I'm not saying that it's not it's gonna bust and it's not gonna work. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that things like this is kind of just silly. But again, as long as we all agree that we're just trading JPEGs, then we're <laughs> then I'm good. Let's. Well, I'm on you know this who's train. gonna disagree with you, bro? This 12 year old coder. Yes. How about this guy? Yeah. He's saying, "Oh yeah, you don't like my style? How you like me now? Here's a story for you." Speaking of ridiculousness in uh, the NFT world, yeah, twelve-year-old coder earns nearly four hundred thousand no. dollars in two months selling NFTs. No, I'm out. You're, that's it. You're quitting. Yeah, you're, that's I, it. <laughs> no, this this feels kind of fucked up now. Yeah. <laughs> David's out. Twelve years old. Twelve years old. So his name is Benjamin Ahmed. Of course, is, it is. of course it is. I'm sorry. Well, of course, he's not your average twelve-year-old. At, at five years old, Ahmed began programming. Uh, after watching his father work as a web developer, nerd alert. Oh my God. Imagine your son being more successful than you. Yeah, that's what just happened here. <laughs> 
you don't think the father's happy? I think the son, but all of a sudden, while a doing his programming, watching it, you know, with all due respect, he's watching his father's a web developer. I'm sure, you know, um, all of a sudden NFTs catch his eye, right? Mm. This is what we talk about, not being the old man. Oh, you young yeah. kids and your NFTs. Right. Dude, you're 25 years old. You should probably be like, hold on. The no, one thing again, that I'm, I'm not going to do, for it. I just here's the deal. Like, here's the deal. <sighs> the one thing I'm not going to do is be late to the party anymore. I'm not going to be late to the party. I was yeah. late to the party on everything. Okay? I had to play catch up. I was late to the party on social media. I was late to the party on Bitcoin. I was late to the party on just making money in general. Yeah. But eventually I caught up. Do you have an NFT? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth I've right in, now. I've invested. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> I've actually invested in an NFT platform. I don't own an NFT. Oh, that's NFT. right. Yeah, yeah. You did I've say invested that. in something called Eternity. Right? Shout out Eternity. Shout out Eternity. Uh, that's a, if you want to look into NFTs, that's a great place to start. Eternity. Um, so basically, back to this guy. Unbiased. It's <laughs> yeah, a great place to start. Uh, his first, so he launches this collection. His, his, he says his first NFT collection, which he launched earlier this summer, um, consisted of forty colorful avatars called Minecraft Yeehaw, right? Okay. That I created after spending too many hours playing the video game Minecraft. That's what this kid says. So he says he's went to go sell this. I know you're about to fucking freak out. Yeah. Uh, he said the collection didn't sell immediately, but that was okay. He said he saw the project as more as a learning experience than a money grab, right? Yeah. And uh, he wanted to continue to create. Huh. And boy, did he. Yeah, he did. So then after launching um, earlier this summer, right, because he did it, he launched it. Then all of a sudden the entire collection sold out in nine hours because the NFTs basically have been popping lately. Uh, it's Poppins. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Poppins. I met, <laughs> he said he made nearly 80 Ether in one day. Then he earned an additional 30 Ether shortly after that. And he now he earns 2.5% royalty on each secondary sale. Uh, the bottom line so is So he this. keeps making money as other people trade it. Yeah, royalties. Okay. Uh, grr. Yeah, grr. <laughs> what the hell is happening right here? So, so he um, made Minecraft, PNG, JPEGs, whatever you want to call so, it. Exactly. And he's like, here's my point. Here's my point. Tell me your point. Just how you're like. What's your point with that, though? When you're saying something Thank like you, that? PVD. That's on cue. Here's my point. When I talked about, you know, not being late to the game anymore, maybe being an early adapter, I missed. I remember people telling me about Bitcoin in like 2014. I'm like, dude, I'm like not even trying to hear what you're saying right now. I'm just starting to make real money yeah. for the first time in yeah, my life. Yeah, yeah, dude, like, hold I, on. like, I have, like, real stuff going on. Now you want to talk about this fake digital money? I'm good, dude. Had I listened, I'd be worth way more right now. So ask yourself, are you just saying, oh, I don't get it, I'm not going to pay attention? Are you being an old, crotchety, no. ornery old man? No. Or are you just don't get it and you want to be a hater? I'm not saying you. I'm saying people at home. Right. But my whole thing is um, not being late to the game anymore. I do not, like, if something is new and it's fresh and it's cutting edge, I don't want to be that guy that's like, well, I don't get it. All these kids these days, I want to say, oh, what's up? NFT? Okay, cool. Tell me. I don't, yeah, fungible. I never even heard what a fungible thing is, but yeah. I like fun. I like fun. I like I like edibles. Fun. Fun edibles. It's <laughs> great. Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm getting fungibles. And that's what I think you should be doing with NFTs. It's not dismissing it from your vocabulary embrace it yes because i don't think it's going anywhere is it I a bubble agree. maybe but i don't think it's going anywhere i 100 okay. agree i just think what's the next thing like next thing um people are selling air <laughs> bags of air went for a 400k well yeah 
I agree. Well, I remember there was a time when people sold pet rocks. Oh, you see my rock? Do you remember those days? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyway, NFTs aren't going uh, anywhere. So, Is it above? so again, it's that it's that it's that internet 2.0 thing. Um, with that being said, yeah, let's just give some disclaimers to NFTs. I mean, it's not all it's not all um, butterflies and rainbows and bored apes out there. There's right. some things you need to know about NFTs. So here's this other article right there. This is the one thing that nobody wants to talk about when it comes to NFTs. Yes, you can make money. Yes, the you know it's uh, it's trading pretty high. Um, so this is a warning to to all the buyers and sellers and players out there in the NFT marketplace. So you can make your money, right? Make that right. money, but understand that there's a sneaky, sneaky beast coming your way, and that beast is called Uncle Sam, a.k.a. Uh-oh. the tax man. Uh, here right? comes dad. Here comes dad, ruining the party. Hey, kids, time to pay up. So as people buy, sell, and trade NFTs, these assets will become important and important plot points in your tax records. Nobody likes taxes. Dude. Oh, no. Right. Well, that being, with this being such a new market, there are a lot of questions and uncertainties about how these assets will be viewed ver- during tax season. Here's an example. And, and, I, and I read this, and I, I had to check it and source it and read the article again, and this is exactly what it says uh, on this article from 1.37 p.m. That's the name of the website. It says, for example, let's say you buy an NFT for $10,000, and then you sell it, for a million dollars. You know how much you would owe in taxes? You know how much Uncle Sam would want from that? How much? How about a half a million dollars? Mm. What? Jesus. What? That's like, it's kind of like when you win on a game show or you win the lottery. You yeah. owe 50% taxes. Is that what this is? Okay, I don't know. Maybe that's ordinary income tax. I don't know what that is. If it was, maybe it was capital gains, it'd be less than that, 20%. I don't know. But a half a million dollars of this, so... Let that sink in for a second. Taxes are no joke. Um, look, there's a couple other stories that I wanted to cover, but let's move on. Let's let's end this thing. David, NFTs, are you in or are you in? Look, I'm I'm in. <laughs> like, like I said at the beginning of all of it, if it's a if it's a train, I'm getting on it. I just hope we are all agree. Like I hope no one's like, dude. I actually have like the original picture of the. Like, I hope you realize that like I I have that too on my phone. Like, I have that. Yeah. Like, I have, like, I don't know. Oh, whatever, dude. I don't know. <laughs> it's like saying, okay, I'll give you a better example. Um, I have a Bitcoin or two. Okay. Okay? Yeah. It's on my phone. Sure. Here it is. Right uh-huh. there. Can you take a picture of a Bitcoin and have it it's be on your same. phone? No, it's not the same. Yeah, you can, though. Yeah, but it's not the same. Like, that's different. That is a- an actual asset that doesn't what exist. what you have is a fungible token. Exactly. I've got a non-fungible token. Okay. That's the difference. Anyway, there's some other stuff that we needed to cover. But we don't have time for that because we've had a lot of fun and we've had a we lot of banter on today. Today, David, you've been on fire today. You clearly drank Thanks. your coffee. Yeah, this, you've I'm done great. Do this more often. Yeah, you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, here's the part of the show where I say it's time for Saz's two cents. Right. I got my two cents. I ask you each week. Yeah, your two, two non-fungible um, cents. My two non-fungible cents. I ask you each week on my Instagram, Saz Talks Money, to give me your questions. And I will, unrehearsed, look at them and give you what's first thing that comes to mind. So thank you guys if you ask some questions out there. I see a bunch of questions uh, as I look at my Instagram stories. I appreciate stories. that you actually don't look at them. Because I, 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 I'll be honest, at first yeah. I was like, there's no, come on, he has to look through them. But I've seen you kind of just been floored by some. Some, like, some uh, came in while being doing the show. Oh, well, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't Let's know. Let's hear it. Okay, so um, here we go. 
Here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, number one, this is from the Blind Sides. Best jobs for college students. Wow. Best jobs for So here's college how I would look students. at this. Again, first thing that comes to mind. Best jobs for college students. Short-term versus long-term. Short-term, whatever just makes you money so you can get by in college, right? Yeah. You just need to make money. Cool. Whatever it is. Long-term. Whatever you see yourself doing in the future, whether that's an internship or whether that's sort of being an apprentice or whether that's working in a field that you can see yourself working in long term, that's a difference. Yeah. So anyone can just get a job. All right, you know, I, I mow lawns. I whatever I do with my free time. I, I babysit. I do food delivery. I do Uber. Whatever. Anything they can make money. That's the easy part. That's not complicated. The hard part is figuring out what you want to do long term. Yeah. And then focusing on that and doubling down on that. Even if you make less money interning, right? Yeah. That's my advice on that. Um, Alred Kong says, how can one become wealthy in a third world country? Is there a possibility? Yes. Yeah? What is it? What's the possibility? Yeah. Or what's well, the How solution? can you get wealthy in a third world country? I mean... People get wealthy in third world countries, I assume, all the time. Yeah, I've never lived in a third world country, so I don't necessarily have an answer to this. I think there's a, a misconception that you have to live like in the estates to be rich and successful. Like, uh, I disagree. I think it all comes down to like discipline and want and need. Yeah, mm. there are more obstacles in third world countries, absolutely. But a lot of people in those countries are just – they're obviously the government kind of makes you shove your head down and be like, mm-hmm. but you, you can come – you don't have to come to the states to do that. Like, you can't 100% do it. It all comes down to discipline and how much you want it and how, like, just using all your resources. Um, Being resourceful. Being resourceful, 100%. I mean, you can run a business. You can non-fungible tokens. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many different avenues. When there's a will, there's a way. Even if you're in a third world country. That's exactly it. Okay. Adam. David, dominating today's SawsCast. Thank you for that. Uh, by the way, you are from Colombia. I am from Colombia. You're born so, in Colombia. Yeah, so born in Colombia. My from entire family is, exactly. is there. Uh, Paul Zugra says, do you recommend using both a Roth IRA and a Roth, R- R- Roth 401k a Roth 401k, or a pre-tax 401k and why? Um, bro, I don't know what you're making. I don't know what you're doing, but you're on the right track. The fact that you're asking these questions and that you're doing at least one, if not two of them, is awesome. Anything with a Roth in the word is awesome. Okay, I'm telling you right now because you can never get taxed again. Yeah. That's the whole thing with a Roth. Whether it's a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA, you know how much taxes you're going to owe when you retire, David? When you have a Roth? A settle. A big old goose egg. That's a beautiful thing because if you have a 401k, which I have no doubt, I'm going to owe taxes on that when retirement. But with the, with the word Roth, just think no taxes long term. 401ks? Deferred tax, you pay the taxes later, and um, Roth IRA is tax-free. You pay the taxes now, never have to pay again, ever. The tax man's coming. We learned that with NFTs. Would you rather pay now or would you rather pay later? Let me try to get into my phone here to get these other questions. This episode is brought to you in part by... Um, What percentage of my paycheck should I automatically save? At least 10%. This is from... At least 10 Ideally, Mishat, ideally 20%, Mishat, right? If you can get to 20, you're a G. Yeah. There were times in my life where I was, I mean, this is when I was. No, so you're saying no lower than 10%. If you can. 
Some people if are living paycheck to paycheck, but the goal is minimum 10%. Yeah. If you get to 20%, you're a G. Yeah. Some people I know that are just like, look, I want to retire early. They're saving 50% of their paycheck. If you can't, yeah. pick a number. If it's 1% right now, start with that. Next month, get to two. Yeah. All right? Next year, get to five. Whatever it is, increase it. Increase it over time. Okay? I love it. I love these kind of questions. People are thinking, how can I retire? What kind of investment accounts? How much should I be saving? This is what's up. Yeah. Again. Less questions about instant gratification. More like, hey, how can I be set for later? Yes. That's good. Yes. It's not about buying things. It's being able to do things. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, and Macri says, come to Toronto. No. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going. That's an easy one. No. That's an easy one. All right. Um, next. Lucas Morasso says, once you got 10K in saving, which percentage do you save in cash? And which percent do you invest? I love that question. Uh, the 10% rule. Okay, you've got 10, 10, 10, 10. Yeah. Again, you've got 10 grand saved. Now you're out of your paycheck, take 10% out. Now you start okay. investing that. Now you're putting that to your 401k. Now you're putting that to your IRA. All right, if, you're, if, you're, if you've got more than 10%, put 20%. It's all percentage of what you're comfortable with. But where, where you start now doesn't necessarily mean, need to be where you're at six months from now, 12 months from now. I love where your mindset is at. Uh, again, uh, guys, Half of money is knowledge. All right, cool. I know that I need a 401k. I know that I need to do a Roth IRA. I know that I need to save 10 grand. I got it. I got it. The half of it is knowledge. The other half is behavioral. Are you actually freaking doing it? Are you doing the 10%? Are you doing it? Cool. I know that I need to say I have a retirement account. Four years later, I still haven't opened up my retirement account. What are you doing? So half of it is understanding. Half of it is knowledge. The other half is actually doing it the doing it is the hardest part right okay so uh just do it just do it um is valuetainment hiring kelvin stock stockdale says yes we are hiring we are growing if you love valuetainment and you want to live in south florida send your resume yeah hit us up. okay hit us up um here we go. Thoughts on ETFs? Awesome. Exchange traded funds. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. All right. Thoughts on ETFs? What? That's and Julian. I was Kemp. like, NFTs, ETFs. Yes, NFTs, ETFs, WTF. What is happening right now? ETFs are exchange traded funds. TGIF. Um, ETFs are exchange traded funds. They're very similar to index funds. The difference is you can kind of buy and sell them like they're stocks. Um, I'm a buy and hold guy. Um, do you invest your money in something other than stocks and real estate? Yeah, I talked about a little bit of crypto. I talked about um, an NFT platform. Um, I, I, you know, I, I haven't touched gold or silver yet. That's something that I need to look into. Robert mm. Kiyosaki gave me a lecture. You get, you get yourself some silver, boy. You if I get my hand, if I get my hands on you, and you don't have no silver. That's the one thing. <laughs> if I ever like Kiyosaki, silver. Um. Julio Caser says, how to get better at closing sales. How to get better at closing sales. Number one, to be good at sales, you need to ask questions. All right? I used to say that selling is telling. This is why you need this. This is the best thing ever, and this is you got to get. You got to buy it. Right. Now, it's all about asking questions, yeah. asking questions. Um, but then when you actually are close to a sale, know the difference between being um, you know, on the ball, sharp, following up, or just being annoyingly aggressive. Dude, I told you I'd think about it. Like, I've told you 10 fucking right. times. I'd think about it. Let me get back to you in a week. I don't need you to call me every single day. Right. But if I said I need a week, and you follow up with me, to, hey, it's been a week. How you doing? You're on my mind. Can we talk? Yeah. Okay, cool. 
just stay present. Stay, stay. There's a difference between being like on the ball yeah. and being on point and being annoying and aggressive. Right. Know the difference. Which one are you? So that's uh, that's my that's right there. A uh, couple last questions, and then we will wrap this thing up. Hunter Timson says, "What to do with forty five thousand dollar inheritance?" I've got a good idea for you. Do nothing for six months. There it is. Do nothing for six months. We talked about this earlier. We talked about it. I don't know how much money you've got saved up. Forty five thousand dollars can be a life changer, or it could go out the window very quick. Go buy a car. You're done. So this $45,000 yeah. can change your life if you're smart and if yeah. you invest it and you save it and you do things with it that are long-term or you can go have a great time and be done with it in a year. Yeah. Choice is yours. But I would wait six months before I do anything with that $45,000 inheritance. And respect to you for even asking that question. Hopefully you're listening to this advice. Um, last couple questions. Let's do this. Danny Lama says, in times of uncertainty, what do you recommend for stock market investors not to panic and cash out. I'll give you a personal story, and it's happened to me twice, and I would highly recommend it. I assume if you're asking this, you're younger, in your 20s and 30s, what have you, I would do nothing. I would understand that it's like a roller coaster, and the only time that you get hurt is when you jump off the roller coaster. Stay on. There's going to be dips, but then eventually the roller coaster will be riding on again. 2008 happened. People freaked out, sold. By 2010, the market was back. 2019, 2020, Right. Crash by 2021. Now we're at an all time high. For sure. Ride the roller coaster, baby. Yeah. Keep your costs low and stay the course. Keep it simple. Kiss methodology. Keep it simple, stupid. Oh, oh, cuckoo, Um Last question. This is from Block. I think this is for David, Black oh Rock Trader. I saw your thing about Megan the Stallion. Um, <laughs> Can you recap what that was? Um, okay, so I mean, long story short, um, I mean, I, ever since I was a kid, I've, I've been a savage. <laughs> uh, I've been a little bit of a savage. I'm a little bougie, I'm a little ratchet. Oh man. Um, classy. I forget the rest. Classy, <laughs> moody. Oh yeah, nasty. 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 I can be nasty. Yeah. But I'm working on that. Megan the Megan the Stallion, the Megan the Financier. Uh, we'll end it with that. Why don't you sing it one time, and then we'll get the, um, we'll end this show right here. I'm a savage, Adam. Yep. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Yeah. Classy. What was the God? I, I Megan. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. embarrassing myself. You did here. so well. I, I had anyway, the lyrics in front of me last time. Thank you guys for watching the Sauscast. We genuinely have a good time being here with you. Yeah. We love absolutely. you. We appreciate you. David will get better at his singing skills. Maybe one day you even bring your guitar Ooh, and sing a song about investing. Um, if for next episode again, follow on Sauce Talks Money on Instagram. We will be answering your questions. If you want a, David to sing a song, put that in the description. Uh, maybe he will sing for you. Maybe. Megan, we're sorry that he messed up the um, Savage song. David, you're a savage. But thank you guys to all be a part of uh, for all being a part of the Sazcast this week. Uh, we'll see you live again next Thursday. Amen. Uh, enjoy the weekend and remember to save that money. All we talk is money. All we talk is money. We out. All we talk okay, is money. Out. All we talk is money. All we talk is money. I love that we have to All sing it All we talk now. is money. All we talk is money. Wow. These episodes are going very...